Marianne Ross and Joni Holman are the owners of Supply Chain Mavens Incorporated, a fast-growing corporate training company with global reach. Our 30-minute bi-weekly podcasts deliver inspiration, humor, and reality, featuring interviews with authors, consultants, executives, and experts who share their personal success stories. If you're new to supply chain or need a career boost or are exploring a move into a different field within the supply chain universe, join us for refreshing candor and innovative new ideas. everyone. Great to be back with you. Thanks for joining our Supply Chain Mavens podcast on Supply Chain Rocks. And tonight we are just delighted to have one of our good friends and partners, Cynthia Kalina Kaminsky. And I'm going to have her go ahead and interview or introduce herself to you. Go ahead, Cynthia. Well, hello, Joni and Marianne. Thank you for inviting me. This is exciting. Um, I am Dr. Cynthia Kalina Kaminsky. Um, all of my degrees are in engineering, so I come at supply chain from a t very technical point of view. However, that doesn't mean, make it any less fun. Um, as the CEO of Process and Strategy Solutions, I work on the really cool stuff in supply chain. It's all about strategy and transformation. And I've been doing that my entire career. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But it means that every day that I wake up, there's something new on my desk, something new that hasn't happened before that I have to figure out. I have to go talk to people I've never talked before in areas of the supply chain or business that I've never even knew existed in some instances. <laughs> but I get to integrate all of them and then work with my clients to do fantastic things in their supply chains. Yeah, I see that you have worked with clients in 11 different countries so far. I think that's just the coolest. So thank you. So Cynthia, what makes supply chain rock for you? Well, I've got to tell you, it's because it is the only thing that makes money in business. And that makes it super powerful. And even though no one knew what supply chain was before COVID, <laughs> now everyone does. But they still don't understand the complexity of it, the innovation that's needed, the changes that are going on. And as someone who's been in supply chain and supply chain since before it was supply chain <laughs> for a while now, what I can tell you is that everything old is new again. Change never stops and big transformations continue to come along every so often. And so while the upheaval isn't new, it's what's going into it that is. And it's what is required now. It's finally at the end-to-end -end supply chain. And that means now that we can take the purpose that we've always had and not just looked at it in procurement or over in logistics or in manufacturing, my favorite, because that's how I started. Uh -huh. And we're not going to just link it together inside of our business, even if it's in multiple countries, it still isn't just inside our business. It's all the way from the very beginning of the raw materials, all the way to the end of where the end customer gets it. And then yeah. even better, it gets to come back, which means now we get to talk about product life cycle and we get to talk about how we're going to maintain the value in the product as we circulate it around again. 
And that means that business strategy is going to change because supply chain strategy is changing. And that's just how much power there is and how much change it causes, not just to the supply chain areas that no one's heard about, but to the business itself. That is awesome. That is exactly what makes supply chain rocks. And you put it so well. Can you tell us how you became involved in supply chain? I can, even though it wasn't supply chain when I started. (laughs) (laughs) So so back when I was going to college, uh, no one was an engineer in my family. Somehow overnight, I just decided I was going to be one because I wanted to do bionics. Star Wars was in all the science Mm. fiction. I wanted to do all the stuff and and make it so that people had real limbs, uh, even though they weren't real. There was no such thing in the university system at that point in time. So I was kludging together a a program for myself. And in engineering in the university I was in, the first two years are flunk out, which means they actively try to get rid of you. And so for those of us who are left standing, wow. actually, you're, yeah, you're not left standing, you're left leaning over panting. The last thing you want to do is go in and start competing against pre-meds in their classes, which is what I would have had to have done. So I switched and I went into my second love, which combined architecture with the solar aspects. And so I, I looked, yeah, it was really fun looking at the heat transfer and the way you lay out your landscaping in order to get the performance and the gain and the protection out of whether it's a residential building or a commercial or an industrial building. How do you design all of that so that you have minimal footprint and yet take advantage of all these great things? Well, when I got out and started interviewing, it was not a good year for jobs. And they said, why do we want you? Energy's cheap. And because there were no jobs anyway, I said, fine, I'm going back in and I'm going to get a degree you will pay for. Oh, so yeah. So I went back in and I thought the coolest thing. So here I am back, right, bionics person. So I went into robotics and digital control theory. And uh, that didn't do any better. You know, when I got out, they said, why do we want you? Because labor's cheap. Well, but I got to do some really cool stuff in there. And, and because they didn't know what to do with me, they put me in general engineering, which means you have to take a little bit of all the engineerings and you can jump off from there, which which was tough during the time, but it really gave me an advantage because I could speak the languages of engineering to mm-hmm. different people in the supply chain. Plus, with the thesis work that I was doing, I wanted to do robotics. The uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers needed a welding robot, so I worked with a team. We, I helped with the design, the electronics part of it, and then I did the coding. Wait, back. <laughs> the coding was a lot different than it is now. No pythons in there. Uh, but anyway, it was called stochastic adaptive control theory, which wow. no one knows because it means nothing because those words aren't put together these days. But it was actually early days of AI. So for a lot of us who are doing all of this work in supply chain from an engineering point of view, we're look, we've been looking at these technologies that are brand new today for a long, long time. Uh, anyway, when I got out, as I said, they were like, well, why do we need you? Nobody uses robotics. And I said, well, because I'm sick and tired of school and I'm coming out, so you're going to hire me. And <laughs> I started my, job, uh, my career as a manufacturing engineer and still not in supply chain yet. 
um, what happened was when I hired in and, and walked into that very first job, they took me out into the factory and said, you know what, we hired you because of your automation skills and we need you to make this factory globally competitive. And I've been doing, mm. I've been doing transformation ever since. It's wow. pretty fun. Yeah. And like everyone else in my time, you know, now as a manufacturing engineer, I designed the assembly lines, the equipment on it, and then the flow through it. But that was it. And then you get curious, well, what happens to the inventory if it goes off the tester? Well, how do I get it in the first place? Who's buying it? Maybe I should go talk to them. And like everyone else, we started creating supply chains without actually having supply chains. And it was pretty nice once there was some standardization. And that's how I got into it. Again, oh really gosh. nice. Yeah, what? it was really nice because I had to do all this extra stuff that I do feel that the people who are coming in today, you're going to get a nice crash course in it because so many things are changing. But for a long time, you didn't have to build the code by yourself or whatever the equivalent is now today because it existed. And 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 so now you're going to get the really cool experience and, and really truly transformation yeah, you can pull your hair out a little bit, but it's the most fun. Indeed. I, yeah, I think that it was uh, really telling when you said that, you know, you started to ask other questions about where does the, you know, what about the inventory? Where does it come from? And you begin to start to see the big picture instead of one little piece of it. And that, that to me, was very exciting is to just start to see how it all came together. Right. The cross-functional type of yeah. stuff and the people yeah. that you get to meet. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, Cynthia, where do you think supply chain management has taken you? Well, it's definitely allowed me to start my own business because I really wanted, after a while, for some reason, supply chains just don't want to stay in constant transition. It is chaotic. <laughs> it is disruptive. You don't want to do it very often, although it is going to be happening more and more often. But but you still need to have someone who knows how to do it. And I wanted to be that person who could go out now that I had been through it and um, had or ushered it in with a couple different areas. I wanted to be the person who went out and helped supply chains actually conquer this transformation because it's different than continuous improvement. You have a whole different thought process. Mm -hmm. You have a different timeline and you have to think across the business, not down the narrows. And you lose continuous improvement. Actually, you get a, a bunch of really good people who are really good in continuous improvement around you during a, a transformation. And you start stitching together to create that unique fabric that's going to be the new supply chain. So cool. But what else would you say is a contribution you've made to the field, Cynthia? So the thing that I really like is even though I'm heavily text and it's a lot of fun, it's all about the people in supply chain. They are a power behind the supply chain. And, and so I do have a story for you about just how powerful supply chain is and the people in it are. So when I was working in that first job and I was responsible for what was coming off some of our highest volume lines, actually the highest mm. volume supply chain lines. And at that point in time, 
we were transitioning into the world of automation, into the world of, hey, we have to talk to each other. And the first and second shifts weren't talking at all. And so the efficiencies on the lines and the optimization, it was hurting. And everyone was pointing their fingers. So I got them together in a room and we started talking through all the pieces and started figuring out what are the tools? How are we going to communicate? What do I need to do to help you and support you and what you need to do? All that good stuff. Now, as we were doing this and, and we were really starting to chug along and have great uh, results because the people on the assembly lines, they're very proud of what they do. And if you can work with them to make their quality output even higher, then they're with you. So we were working through all of these pieces and the leadership decided that they were going to move these supply chains out of country. Well, you can imagine what the next uh, session was like, you know, how in the world are we going to, uh, what are we going to do? This, these are our jobs. We can't get another job very easily because we were in a smaller town. There wasn't a lot to pick from around there. And these were highly talented people who were very, very good at what they did. Um, and so as we were talking, it started happening that um, this one second shift assembly lead said, well, Cynthia, what are you going to do to fix this? And I said, no, Pearly, it's what you're going to do because I'm not the one who can fix it. You can. She's like, oh, yeah, right. Look, all these sales guys have been out for years trying to get the number one buyer of the product that they don't buy from us. And if they can't get it, what can I do? I don't have a college degree. I just have a high school degree. And I said, Pearly, I watch you every day. You're the one who puts in all the quality. You're the one who makes sure that everyone else is putting in all the quality. You help get that product out and make the name and the image of it. You are the only one who can sell it. No salesperson can talk like you do. And so as we discussed it and we worked together on it, so, okay, fine, I'm going to do this. So she stayed up one night, made an appointment with the president of the company who wouldn't buy. She walked into his office and she said, hello, I'm Pearly, so in her last name. And I want to know why you're not buying our product because I'm going to tell you all the quality I put in it. The sales oh was immediately opened. Oh my gosh. Wow. She did it. Oh my gosh. She did it. Oh, I love that story. What an inspiring story that is. Wow. Oh, the, the line stayed in the U.S. until I left the company. Mm. They did it. Excellent. And and you gave her something that day that was irreplaceable in terms of, you know, the power to see yourself in a different way and in a different role. It was more than just that one victory. I'm sure that that was a starting point for many, many victories for her. I'm hoping. But, but that's the fun of what I do. I, I get to work with people and see this happen over and over and over again. These are amazing people who are in supply chains. They just have to trust themselves and have confidence. Absolutely. And maybe Absolutely. have somebody, the right person, hear them like you did. And support yeah. them. Exactly yeah. right. So that leads us to asking you what recommendations you have for someone who might just be getting started in supply chain. So a couple. First of all, don't let age get in your way <laughs> because some of the older uh, people in supply chain 
have been working with the new stuff forever and they're very innovative. And if you're older, some of the new people are coming in with ideas that may not be the, the be all and the end all, just like the, the other persons aren't. But when you start building and integrating and putting solution sets together, it takes all of those ideas, just like in the Jet Propulsion Labs when they created the Mars Lander, mm -hmm. uh, the rover, that was a mix of experience, a mix of ages, a mix of where people were coming from. And it works so well because they combine all of that information. So don't not listen to someone because you think that their age is a problem, no matter which way they're going. There's wheat somewhere in that chaff. <laughs> and, and the other thing is to be a constant learner. You hear this all the time, but it's the supply chain change is only going to continue on. And you have to learn how to create things that are robust and flexible instead of beautiful and and just a certain way because it's never going to last. I think that's, that's awesome. That is really insightful, Cynthia, in that um, from, you know, both both points that you bring up really, really important for individuals coming in the supply chain to realize is that, you know, everybody plays a part. Everybody has a value to bring to the table and things are changing. That's what makes it so exciting. I always felt one of the most exciting things about being in manufacturing, warehousing, now, of course, we call it all supply chain was that every day was different than the day before, right? There was very seldom that you could say, oh, today was just like yesterday or last week because something different happened every single day. And that was what made it so exciting. But I really love your advice to individuals, all of us, not just people just breaking in the supply chain, but all of us should be vested in continuous education and constant learning because it is so different. Tomorrow will be even more different right? And next right. week, and next week. So we really thank you so much for being our guest tonight. This was really a, a very exciting episode for us. You bring so much insight to the table and hopefully our, our listeners will feel the same way about it. Your enthusiasm just shines through in the words and your body language. And uh, it's just wonderful to see. It's wonderful to be able to work with you. Well, thank you. I'm enjoying working with you as well. And let's face it, who can't be excited? Supply chain rocks. Supply chain definitely rocks and your enthusiasm is contagious. Yes, I can't agree with you more. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. Um, we're going to wrap it up and thank Cynthia one more time for being such an entertaining guest. And we have exciting news for you. In our next episode, we will be interviewing Santa Claus. So come Here's back the season. to the podcast and find out uh, a few things about Santa Claus that maybe you didn't know. The supply chain expert. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Supply Chain Rocks. We hope you've been inspired and informed during our time together. Learn more about the training events we offer by visiting our website at supplychainmavens.net. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs>